0: So, good morning. You know, God really wants us to know those plans that he has for us are never, ever going to be repealed. He's never going to cancel those plans. That's why we still know that he has a plan for Israel. If he could cancel the plan for Israel, he could cancel for us. But we're grafted into all those promises that we have with Israel. And uh, we're inheritors, along with them, of all the covenants that God has. That's exciting to think. There isn't going to be a day when God decides, do you know, really had enough of you. (coughs) I'm I'm done about you, but I'm reading through Job at the moment, and uh, Job has just begun to speak some stuff about himself. And about the Lord. And uh, at first in Job, he, uh, he really hasn't got uh, a, a bad word to say. He starts off with all that's happening. He keeps his integrity. He keeps praising God and uh, keeps declaring God's goodness. But after a while, he starts to question. And I was just reading in uh, Job 8 and 9 and 10 and just kind of seeing uh, he starts to shift away from that certainty that god is a covenant god who has covenanted to never stop doing good to him the whole book of job is about god moving job from a place of fear into a place of faith moving from a, i wonder if i'm sinning against him i wonder if my kids are doing the wrong things to knowing god is my righteousness. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole book of Job's about. Yeah. Whatever my performance, God is more than enough to compensate, accommodate, make room, and fulfill his plan for us if we just let him. Yeah. That covenant is to never stop doing good to us. And as we look at this year, we look at this word reach, we look at what God's speaking about this year, that's our confidence. We might not get everything right this year, but he's still going to lead us. And every day, he's going to get things lined up and adventure with him. An adventure.
1: Amen. Amen. That's what we say a lot, isn't it? Yeah. We're not working for God. We're on an adventure. With God. With God. Exactly. So we'll just quickly go through what we looked at last week, um, together. So we started with together. Not I, but we. We go together. We're not alone. Nobody should be alone. God has called us and put us together in a body. And he's given us a covenant of love, and we're going to go on and we're going to look at that actually uh, more today. We looked at a scripture, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Mm. There's a blessing, there's such a blessing when we live together in unity, when we move in unity, when we work together in unity. And we looked at the body just as a body, though one has many parts, all its many parts form one body. God has placed the parts in the body just as he wanted them to be. So you are placed here just as he wanted you to be. Each one of you unique, each one of you bringing your own giftings and the calling that God has on your life and bringing it and putting it here so together, we accomplish the call of God on World Harvest Bible Church. Yeah. Together, we're designed to do life together. Mm. You know, life groups for us are so important. and We want to encourage the goal this year is that 75% of people in this church are actively connected to a life group.
0: Yeah. And if you're not, if you're disconnected, that this is a year to reconnect with people. This is a year to rearrange your work week or join a life group that is on a night that you are free. To actually make that room, to make that adjustment, or to be part and to be part of a small group.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then life together in unity and harmony brings tremendous power. power and this word tremendous, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just power, it's tremendous power. There is so much power when we work in harmony together. You know, Alan and I, I could operate here on my own and Alan could operate on his own, but come together and there is power. And it's the same with us as a body. When we come together, there is tremendous power.
0: That's right.
1: So we're gonna move on now. We're gonna look at love.
0: That's right, yeah. It's says when the uh, this thing about love—it's—it's it's what is at the heart, at the core, not just of our values, but who we are, isn't it? Oh, you, yeah. know, you want me to do this bit. Okay. I
1: thought you were doing the.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's great. See, when Jesus prayed uh, as he was getting ready to, to go to uh, the cross, he prayed in, in John 17, verse 22 to 23. And he said, Father, I have given them the glory you gave me, that they would be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you've sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Yeah. So I just want you to say out loud, I am, loved by the I am loved by the Father in the same way that Jesus is loved by the Father. I am loved by the Father, just like Jesus.
1: I am loved by the Father,
0: just like Jesus. Wow, isn't that amazing? How often do you actually say that about yourself? I am loved. We're more likely to say, I'm useless, I'm not liked, I don't know why I'm here when actually we have a confession to make about ourselves that is creative, that is agreeing with God, and that produces change in our lives. I am loved by the Father. You may not have had a great father, earthly father. You may have had a great earthly father. But even the greatest earthly father is nothing compared to a heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. He loves and moves heaven and earth, literally, sent his son to make sure we got it. I love you. That's, that's incredible. That's, that's the gospel, isn't it? <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. Not just a husband to a wife, not just a, 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 a nice feeling, mm-hmm. but a sacrifice of such epic cost and proportion mm-hmm. that should leave us in total security. My God <coughs> loves me.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. My God loves me. My God loves you. Mm, and just say that to the person behind or around you. Just go and say that, say that to someone. Mm-hmm. God loves you.
1: Yeah. So love. Love is our motivation. Jesus was motivated by the compassion he had. And all through, you know, you look in the Gospels... It talks about how Jesus was moved by compassion. And you see, compassion is not just saying, I love you. Compassion is active. It's doing something. It's reaching out. Mm. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Hmm. That poses a challenge to us. Who do you live for? Do you live for yourself?
0: Hmm.
1: How are you living your life? Who is in control of your life? Because this scripture here says... That those who live should no longer live for themselves. It comes back to not I, but Christ. Mm. Not I. The flesh life, it's gone, it's dead, it's buried. I don't live for that anymore. I live for Christ. This is the higher calling. Yeah. This is what we're called to do. Not live for the pleasures of this world that just disappear, but we live for the riches. Of, of heaven for seeing people saved and healed and lives changed that's the compassion and the heart that we need to carry it's not I but it's Christ
0: that's right you know we, we we we're so used to people now living to 70 but you know God's only promised 70 years unless you get hold of his covenants and you realize hang on a minute there's 120 year promise in there But you see, that comes through a faith, not an automatic. But 70, 120 years, compared with eternity? I'm sorry, but there is no comparison. It's gone. That's 70 years. 120 years compared to the eternity. So what are we actually living for? Are we living now or are we actually living with our eyes, our finances, our family, our work lined up for eternity or is eternity something we'll get to when we get uh, done with what we're doing? This is, this is the challenge for us as Christians. Do we really believe that this gospel is salvation for eternity? Mm-hmm. That I am never going to die, but I will get promoted to glory. Yeah. And yeah, we've had some promotions this year. Yeah. The last couple of years, we've had some dearly departed ones. Uh, they're not sad. They're rejoicing. <coughs> we might mourn and miss them because they're not here now, but we know they're in a better place. And that's what gives us the confidence to keep on living. You see, otherwise, let's give you the glory with them. But God has got a call and a plan for the widow, for the widower, for the children, He has not stopped his plan for us to reveal his love in us and through us. And that love, this is what it says in Romans 13. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. This is Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. Let's just find it in our Bibles. Let's just find what God's saying. Just look it up. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing, ongoing debt mm-hmm. to love one another. Mm-hmm. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, whatever other commands there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. That's a strong word, isn't it? That if you want to know what love is, it is everything you could ever do good to someone, whether they want it or not. That is love. Love doesn't go, do you want me? Love goes, I want you to know I love you. I want to overwhelm you with love. Because actually, it's not my love; it's the love of the Father. And if my love, human-wise, grows cold, this love from the Father will keep me loving you, even when you don't let me love you. (laughs) This—it compels, Mm -hmm. it initiates, it fulfills. That's this debt. You see, God poured His love into our hearts. If I give Barney a 10 pound note to give to someone, he owes me, but he also owes this other person. I have given him the ability to fulfill that debt. He is accountable for using what I have given him. He has no right to spend that money himself. love of God has been poured. This is what Romans 5, verse 5 says. It's been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And then what we read now in Romans 13, you see that one verse they always follow is thinking the context. This love's been poured into our hearts, so let no debt remain except the ongoing continuous debt to love your neighbor, to love others. Wow. This is the gospel. Mm -hmm. This is the incredible power of the gospel. That you and I can love like Jesus because Jesus has put his spirit in us, the Mm -hmm. spirit of love that always loves, Mm -hmm. always overcomes, and always leads through to victory. Love conquers all. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a tremendous promise!
1: It's amazing. And the thing is about love, you know, when we love others with God's love, hey, listen, this is not you trying to love. This is allowing God's love. It's a fruit of the spirit, isn't it? It's allowing that love to grow, God's love to grow in you for others to pluck. And all the fruits, they're found in love. If you look in 1 Corinthians 13, you read through love is patient, love is kind. All the way through, you can find every single fruit there. Mm. You know, love is so powerful. And at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13, before it tells us what love is, the first three verses,
0: 13, verse, verse one,
1: sometimes we skip over these because we like to say love is patient, love is kind, but it starts, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. Mm. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Mm. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Mm. You know, you can be filled with the Spirit, you can pray in tongues, you can have an amazing prayer life, but if you don't love, it's nothing. You know, if you go and speak to someone with a prophetic word and you go, thus says the Lord, and you say it in your own flesh, and you say it hard, and don't have love, love, it profits you nothing. And this is one of the big things in the faith. Faith ministries and faith churches we have to be really careful of you know sometimes we get hold of something don't we and we want everybody else to get hold of it and we're like don't you get it don't you get it god wants to heal you god wants to do this get hold of it get hold of it what we end up doing is putting somebody into condemnation Mm. because there is no love. And what God calls us to do is to hey, hey, God wants to heal you.
0: That's right. This
1: is what the scripture says. Let me show you what the scripture says. Let me stand with you. Mm. Let's agree together. Let's let's go on this together. That's love. Not, come on, get hold of it. You know, sorry about my voice at the moment. But we need to love, we need to encourage we need to build one another up look at this it says and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned but have not love profits me nothing Mm. if this Christianity is just religion if you're just going okay I have to come and give my food to food bank because Pastor Claire and Alan have said that we've got to do that that's not love you need to do it because you love the poor, because you love the Lord, because you you want to give. But this bit, this bit gets me. Do I give my body to be burned, but have not love? (coughs) This is about persecution. We're called to love our enemies. We're called to pray for our enemies. Mm. And even when we're persecuted, even when we're hurt, Even when people lie and say things about us behind our backs, we still need to keep on loving because it's that love that profits us. But if we don't love, it profits us nothing. Mm. I think these are really powerful scriptures and it shows how important love is. It profits us not and
0: we are nothing.
1: So those are really
0: challenging words. I am nothing and I gain nothing, or I profit not. Mm-hmm. What a challenge to a group of people who say, my life belongs to Jesus. My life belongs to Jesus. Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I speak words of faith in your name? Didn't I teach people right? And he says, but you didn't love. Wow wow, let us not let any debt remain except the ongoing debt to love people. How do you love people? You get involved with people. Mm -hmm. You realize they need help and you don't really have a lot to help them with. So you begin to pray. And God then shows you how to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. He gives you a word of scripture. You then have to pray, Lord, what do I do with this word of scripture? Is this for me to go up and go, thus saith the Lord? Or I believe God's saying. This is a bit more modern language. (laughs) Let's just dial back the religious jargon. Thus saith the Lord just means, I believe God's saying. You know, Let's just call it what it is. I believe God is saying. That allows people to test it. Whereas if you say, thus saith the Lord, you're saying, you're not allowed to test this. This is the gospel, end of story. Yeah. So let's give people some grace to move with. I believe God is saying. Every Sunday I stand here, Pastor Claire stands here, and we preach and we speak what we believe God is saying. Your responsibility is to look at that, examine that word, and decide, one, if it is the Lord, and two, if it is the Lord, what are you going to do with it? And then, not just what are you going to do with it for yourself, what are you going to do with it for other? People, because what God gives us is for us, for our children, and our children's children, and as we saw with the promises of Abraham, for the nations. That we are a people blessed to be a blessing. Love poured in so that we pour love out. That is such a critical part of who we are. The only thing, Mm -hmm. you see what it says. In Galatians, Galatians 5 verse 6, Galatians 5 verse 6, the only thing that counts in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, in other words, are you part of Israel's plan, or uncircumcision, not part of Israel's plan, has any value. The only thing that counts is... Faith expressing itself through love. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the New King James, it says faith working through love. So faith expressed in love or faith working through love. Faith is empowered and enabled by love. We believe God is love, therefore we have faith in him. Every time you read the book of Job, you must read it through that lens of the New Testament. That God was so determined Mm -hmm. that this religious man was going to come to freedom. He wanted Job free. Mm -hmm. So devil, you can test him. Mm -hmm. Hey, isn't the Lord's Prayer Do not bring me to a time of trial and deliver me from the enemy. Okay? Well, why can we pray that? Because the first part of that prayer starts, Father. Job didn't have Father relationship. He had the Lord that he was frightened of, scared of, and didn't want to sin against. And God brought him right the way through into relationship. That's the book of Job. At the end, he goes, wow. He's in relationship. He prays. Things happen. Because prayer starts from relationship. The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. People have repeated it as if it's going to do something. Instead of understanding, it is the how to pray, not the what to pray. How, it's a pattern for prayer. Start, Father. Move into worship. Remember His will, so that you can pray it out. Mm-hmm. Then ask for the things you need, and don't forget to forgive others. So, because if you forgive, if you forgive others, then you can ask for forgiveness. But it's the first way round. You forgive first, then you ask for forgiveness. It's that way around. Mm-hmm. And then do not bring a third place of trial. So so as we're seeing this, this is what it means. We're
1: commanded to love. Mm-hmm. So John 15, verses 10 to 14. These are the words of Jesus. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. Mm-hmm. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is a powerful scripture. It's a command to love. Jesus tells us to love one another. But I love this bit in the middle. Why? Because your joy will be complete. You know, when you... Obey God. When you do things that he loves, you feel good, don't you? But when you don't obey him, you don't feel good. You know when you've sinned. You know when you've done something wrong. And that's why we need to continually come back to God quickly. But The point here is we're just talking about love. Together love. So together All together, there is power. Mm. But what are we commanded to do? We're commanded to love, because when we love, the world sees that we are his disciples. Mm. So that brings us on to the third part.
0: Yeah, to works. To works. Works. I mean, this is what speaks of actions, isn't it? You know, we've been—I mean, we've already been saying this. Faith is action. It's—it's love is action. It's not uh, just theory. It's not just "I love you, go and be well." But it says in James two, James chapter two, verses fourteen is where we're going to start. James chapter two, verse fourteen. What good is it, my brothers and sister, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily bread. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder You see, if you are not in relationship with people in this church, you cannot be operating in love. You have to have relationship with people. That's why we're called to live in circles. Do life in circles. Pastor uh, Pastor Marcus um, preached that back in October. Get the podcast, listen to it again. I'm not going to repeat all the stuff there. It was so good. I know it was fast. You had to write down and first rewind a few times when I was listening to it, make sure I got everything. But it was such a good word. You see, when we understand that we are partners together, partners, this is what it speaks about in, in 1 John 3. 1 John 3, sorry, 1 John 1 verse 3. Let me just get that right. 1 John 1 verse 3. It says, what we have seen and heard, we also proclaim to you. In other words, our preaching is so that you too may have partnership or fellowship with us. That word, I'm going to look at it again in a minute. Indeed, our fellowship, which is the distinguishing mark of born-again believers, is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the amplified version. Throws in all that extra stuff helps unpack it. Mm -hmm. We are not just a fellowship, we are partners. Partners, this word koinonia, it means literally engagement. Engagement socially or in business or in a financial enterprise where you are linked together Mm -hmm. with a common purpose, Mm In other words, you are linked together to do something. Mm-hmm. You and I are linked with Christ to reveal Christ on the earth. Mm-hmm. We are linked with one another so that the world sees that we are his disciples. Mm-hmm. We're not just church, come and choose what songs, what this, what preacher we like, or, or who, who we're going to be in relationship. But we are put by Christ Together in a body Mm -hmm. where we have to learn to love. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus was proved perfect through his sufferings. That's an interesting one. He was perfect, but he actually had to live on the earth just like you and me, going through all the same struggles. Having to depend on the Holy Spirit, he wasn't operating as God on the earth, he was operating as a man on the earth with all the frailties, with all the lack of knowledge, with all that was needed of faith, just like you and me, yet he's without sin. Yeah. He proved love worked, mm-hmm. he proved that we can do it too. Mm-hmm. Jesus proved it. And this is what it means. A person who shares or takes part with others in a business. An ally.
1: And this is why we don't say we have members here at World Harvest Bible Church. We have partners. So, you know, when you've gone through Accelerate, when you've joined this church and you say, yeah, this is my church, this is my home, then you're a partner here. Because partners work together. You can be the member of a club, like a a badminton club or a gym club, but you don't go. But if you're a partner, this is the thing, you're in business. You are working together. Mm. And that's what's very important about this word koinonia, this word fellowship. It's not, let's sit and have a cup of tea together. It's let's partner together Mm. in the work that God has called us. But here... This it also talks about being an ally. So we're allies together, we're in this together. And it comes from the Latin word for bind. And when we hear this word bind, it invokes the idea of covenant, that we are here, we're a covenant body of people. So as a covenant people, not only are we together, not only do we love, but we also work together. And there are things that God has got planned for World Harvest Bible Church to do. And we can't do it alone. A few of us can't do it. Mm. But all together, if we all work together, we will accomplish the call. And if you remember, right at the beginning of the, the last, last week, we likened Together Love Works to this table where there are three legs. Together, love, works. And what happens if you take one of these out? One well, the legs out. One well, of the legs out, it's gonna wobble, isn't it? So
0: it's gonna fall it's over. It's gonna
1: fall, sorry, it's gonna fall. So let's have a look. What happens if we take together out? So we've got some things here.
0: Well, if you're motivated by love and to do works of service but are not together, then there's no unity, there is division. You know, we, we, we each have different ideas about how to do things. But when we come together mm-hmm. and we get God's idea of how to do yeah. what he's showing us, there's unity. Mm-hmm. The unity comes from that common love and common vision. Mm-hmm. And Jesus telling us how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, you cannot do the plan of God on your own.
1: No. But we all need to recognize that the one thing the enemy does is he wants to bring division. Mm. When does a marriage break down? When there is division. Mm. When does a church break down? When there is division. So the enemy loves to come and loves to sow dissatisfaction, loves to sow that there are issues and problems. Mm. Oh, Good. I don't like the way this happens or I don't like the way that happens. And what happens is you start to gossip. You start to gossip and talk instead of going, I don't like that, hmm. Maybe I need to go and speak to Alan and Claire about it. Let's, you know, and be open and walk in the light. Well, maybe you see an issue. What can you do to help solve that issue? Because maybe we don't see it, you know. The, uh, there's a fantastic book we years ago had in to do with marriage, where you know it's often husband and wife they argue about things that are important to one person and it's not important to the other, and so it doesn't get done. But the person it's important to should be the one to do it, mm. because it's gonna get done and it's gonna get done well. Instead of going, you don't do this, you don't do this, you take it on. And sometimes in the church, that's what happens. You see that there's an issue, there's a problem. Isn't anybody gonna do it? Isn't anybody gonna do it? And God's going, hey, I've shown you, yes. you do it. Yes. You do something about it, mm.
0: instead, that is so of, right.
1: instead of letting division come. Mm. Mm. So what happens when we take out love?
0: So if, we, uh, if we're together in unity and we're doing the works of service but we're not motivated by love, there'll be no compassion. There'll be no passion for the work. In fact, it all becomes a duty. You know, this is the the, the Ten Commandments. Why, why do we struggle so much with it? Thou shalt. You will do as you're told. But actually, it's, the first command is love the Lord your God because everything else flows from that. Yeah. If you love God... Yeah. Well, actually, adultery, murder, stealing, the rest of that, they just disappear yeah. because your love for the Lord fills you with love for other people.
1: Yeah.
0: And how can you murder someone you love? Mm-hmm. Crimes of passion. No, it's a crime of hate, which is the absence of love. Hate, it's like light and dark. Darkness is the absence of light. If you're not actively loving, hear me, if you're not actively loving, you by default are hating. That's it. Wow. Whoa. Hang on a minute. You mean if I don't actually enter in relationship with someone, I hate them? If the absence of light is darkness and the absence of love is hate, then you must conclude, if I don't actively love, I must be hating. We think of hate as being aggression or whatever. But darkness is the absence of light. Hatred is the absence of love. We have to ask the Father for his love for people we don't know. We will never love people we don't know. But today I am asking you for new love for people I hardly know, have given up on because I got frustrated with them, for people I'm like, whatever about, just ambivalent. That's the worst one, actually. We know we should forgive if someone's hurt us, but do you know there's people we just don't, you know, we, we just don't care. Wow. Jesus says, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. He so loved the world he gave his son. He so loved you and me, mm-hmm. he gave his son. That is, yeah. wow, that's so shocking.
1: He loved us, to so loved the world, so yes. we have something to do. Yeah. And this is the works, because we're called to go into all the world and to make disciples. So if we don't have works, if we're together in unity, if we're motivated by love, but we're doing no works of service, then we have a lack of, of direction and there is no reality Mm. to our faith Mm. you know you can meet together in your life groups and have a a really spiritual wonderful time I encountered God wasn't it amazing awesome you've got to do something with that Yeah. you have a job to do you have to go and make disciples there are people hungry for God and waiting for us out there Mm. And so these three cogs here, together, love works. They all work together. And that's why it's our vision. It's vision. Us here, together, love works. Why? So we exist, so people encounter Jesus. Yeah.